Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of 100-point defensemen. Um, he did it, guys. So today's episode of Locked on Sharks, we're going to discuss about Eric Carlson hitting 100 points, uh, Tristan Robbins making his debut, the Sharks getting thrashed, and Magnus Corona signing in his ELC. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Sharks your first listen. Uh, you subscribe or follow for free wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, uh, make sure you guys are following along on YouTube. That way you know when the latest episodes come out. And Eric Carlson has done it, becoming the first defenseman in 31 years to score 100 points in a season. Um, so we're going to talk about what that means for Carlson, where Carlson kind of fits in the defenseman rankings, kind of just discuss discuss Carlson's season, uh, look at some other potential milestones he might hit. We're going to talk, about, of course, about Tristan Robbins' debut, Sharks getting absolutely curb stomped by the Jets, and then finish up with Magnus Corona's uh, signing his ELC and what this kind of means for the Sharks goalies uh, going forward. So before we get into all that, I do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you guys by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. He did it, guys. Eric Carlson propagandist rise up. As he has done something that only six other humans have done, or five other humans, him being the sixth one, have done. Um, he hit 100 points with his two goals. Now sits at the season 25 goals, 75 assists, 100 points. Not a math guy, but 25% of his goals uh, points are goals, 75% are assists. Thank you, Carlson, for making it easy for us idiots. Um, but... This I know the shark season has been a long and terrible season, and there's been some flashes. You know, William Eklund playing well, and Timo Meyer, uh, 90 point Timo Meyer potentially. But Eric Carlson has been the story of the sharks, uh, this season, and just the way he has performed this year, especially on a team that is devoid of a lot of talent. Um, and the way he's put his this team on his back at times and been the best player on the ice most nights. Um, I, When Brian Leach did this, 91-82, I was seven. Like, this is how long – I'm going to be turning 38 here in a couple of weeks. This is how long it has been. You know, I'm sure a lot of you, my listeners, a lot of you guys probably weren't even born or you were small, small children when Brian Leach did this last. This is This is something that just doesn't happen. And I, I proposed which was more incredible yesterday, Eric Carlson's 100 or McDavid's 150. And Kyle, friend of the show, Kyle texted me and about it. We were getting, you know, back and forth about it. And, you know, he took the McDavid side. And my, my thing with Carlson, it's he's had to do this all by himself, right? And it, the Sharks had Timo Meyer for a while, but, 
You know, they haven't had Timo Meyer since the end of February, and he's still been ticking, still been producing. Um, just absolutely bonkers what he's doing. I know the Norris, there's going to be a lot of debate about the Norris, well, his defense, et cetera, et cetera. He's done something we haven't seen again in 31 years. It's not like a lot of people have done this. So um, in actual terms of actual, so this is the 15th, total season in NHL history where a defenseman has scored at least a hundred points. So Bobby Orr did it a bajillion times. Uh, Paul Coffey, uh, Matt, Al McGinnis, Brian Leach, Dennis uh, Potvin are the only one other ones. So Carlson's at 100 points right now. If so, he has a chance to kind of move up. He's sitting at 15th all time uh, for points by defenseman. Uh, if he gets one more, he'll tie uh, Potvin and Orr after 13th at 101. Um, if he play, if he gets two more, he'll tie Brian Leach for 12th all time. And then if he gets three more, he'll tie uh, Paul Coffey and Al McInnes, and that'll be for 10th all time. And then there's a big gap to 113. So um, two games left playing Calgary, who's fighting for their playoff life. They may be eliminated by the time you hear this. We'll see. Um, and then they play Edmonton, who's pretty much going to be kind of locked in, I think, by the time they play. So chance for Carlson, I mean, I think one of the three feels about right for him. I think three points in the next two games kind of feels about right. So that's that's be my official guess right now. So I think he ends the season with 103. Um, if he plays these last two games, he will. him and Logan Couture will be the only Sharks players who played every game this season. Um, absolutely outstanding going into this season. I always... For me, if if you get 75 games out of Eric Carlson, I think that's a win. And he's going to have played uh, every single game for the Sharks this year, pending. I don't think he would sit out the last two. Uh, that would be brutal. I would just feel really bad. Um, but if Eric Carlson plays the last two games, I think this this season will have been an absolute win for the, for him and what we think of Eric Carlson. I know. A lot of fans, and there's still a lot of fans out there who thinks he's overrated and et cetera, et cetera, and not worth his contract. But um, again, Eric Carlson's really good at hockey. So, couple, one other, couple other, just little sharks related um, notes. So, for for Eric Carlson, kind of where he could potentially finish. Um, so, for points, um, he is second. He's not going to catch Joe Thornton in his 114 um points that's i just not gonna happen unfortunately um he could potentially catch brent burns uh with goals for a defenseman uh so brent burns does have the uh sharks record with 29 uh he would need four so it's probably maybe a little bit out of reach for that um and then uh brent burns also does 27 so he could potentially tie that um, but probably a little bit out, out of reach for there. Um, assist, he's going to be, he's second right now in an assist. Um, Joe Thornton's 92. He's not going to do that in the, for the final season. So, um, a couple goals here. If he gets two more, he'll cut, he'll tie Brent Burns for second most, uh, goals by a defenseman in a season. Um, he already has the total goals on ice for this season. He has the Sharks record. He was on the ice for 147 goals, um, this year surpassing brent burns who had 142 um it's just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous like just what he's doing this year um yeah he's really good and we should be this is going to be a season that we're going to be kind of 
looking back and talking about like what he did this year and just how special this, the season will go down in sharks lore is just how special of a year it's been for Eric Carlson. And um, even if Thursday is his last game in a sharks Jersey, um, what a way to go out, you know, being a hundred point scorer, um, probably going to be winning the Norris this year. I will be fighting people. I will be the EK 65 propagandists will be, you know, we will be in full force to make sure that uh, that Norris is coming back to San Jose, at least for a time being. Um, so congrats to Eric Carlson. Um, special shout out to Logan Gator, 700 points in, in, in Teal. Um, just uh, it's fourth all time in the Sharks. You know, we're going to be It's interesting how Logan Gator is going to fit into Sharks fandom or Sharks lore as we continue to wind down the, his career, but um, just keeps on ticking. We'll, we'll plenty of time to talk about Logan Gator this off season, but uh, Eric Carlson's day today as the Sharks, uh, he scores the only two goals for the Sharks, which seems very fitting. So before we get into the game, look at how the Jets absolutely trounced the Sharks. Talk about Tristan Robbins' debut, and then we'll finish up with Magnus Krona. Uh, do want to take a quick break, talk to you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. Um, Grand slams, no hitters, double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. I'm always going to tell you just to bet on Aaron Judge and you know home run because I think you're going to probably feel pretty good about that going forward so um or bet on arson judge if you prefer to bet on arson judge so you feel like you know make your choice between those two so uh so don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join fanduel today just go to fanduel.com locked on to sign up fanduel official partner of major league baseball all right um Sharks lost six to two. Um, this Jets team, desperate Jets team, and we saw that tonight. Um, Sharks got out with, you know, of course, scoring the first goal. And then from there, uh, the Jets looked like a team that knew their playoff lives were on the line. And um, if they lost tonight, it would have been devastating for them. So I think their magic number was now one point with two games left, uh, where the, if they get a point, they're basically they're in the playoffs type of situation. So um, they knew what they had to do against an inferior team, especially an inferior team who's kind of smacked them around or beat them the last two times. I don't know, smacked them around, but beat them the last two times. So a, it was an important, uh, important night for Winnipeg to kind of put down the hammer, show that you're a playoff team. And they did just that. Some of these numbers are absolutely startling. Um, like not as bad as that six, nothing game against Colorado, uh, but they're not much better. So, uh, <laughs> Five on five, the Jets had 65 shot attempts to the Sharks 29. Um, in the first period alone, the Jets had 32 shot attempts. The Sharks had 29 shot attempts in the entire game at five on five. The Jets had 32 in the first period. Uh, it doesn't get much prettier from there. Actual shots was 31 to 13 at five on five. Scoring chances was 36 to 15. High danger chances was 16 to four. 
Expected goals for was 4.22 to 1.29. Um, the Jets deserved every goal they got um, tonight. And, yeah, this game was not close at all. Um, we'll start We'll start with um, the goalie and kind of work, work up to the four lines because the four lines were a hot mess tonight too, especially after the first 18 minutes. Um Farmer 59-30 time on ice. Um got for power plays. The Sharks had a fair amount of power plays tonight with four, but uh shots against 33, saves 27, goals against six, expected goals against four, five, one, eight, eighteen save percentage. Uh face high eight high danger chances, six saves, two goals against 13 mid-danger, nine mid-danger saves. That's usually um not what you want to see right there, but um, Reimer was under siege all night. I mean, you guys saw it was, it was Winnipeg was just going to do whatever they wanted tonight, um, to win this game. Cause they knew how important this game was for them. As for the forward lines, um, again, they were really scrambled, especially after the first period. So how they started, um, and then we'll, I'll go with how they started first and then we can, uh, dig into the actual, uh, numbers behind them. So Hurdle moved up to wing to play with Couture with Jacob Peterson. Um, then he has Sveshikov, Lawrence, LeBanc, Stephen Lawrence, 2C. That is, uh, yes, uh, Noah Gregor, Nico Sturm, Fabian Zetterlin. Then you have Bordolo, Robbins, Raska. And then on defense, Thrun and Carlson, Ferraro, Benning, uh, Knizhov, McDonald, and then Reimer started. Tough night all around for the line. So um the only line that stuck together was the peterson hurdle couture line and they got work tonight um again none of these numbers are going to look pretty especially with the way the jets played tonight so they played almost 12 minutes together six shot attempts gave up 15 actual shots was two to five gave up a goal did have a goal thank you eric carlson at the beginning uh 0.3 expected goals for allowed one expected goal um which is a lot for expected goals and then we had, uh, so <laughs> Gregor Robbins LeBanc played 619 together. Um, four shot attempts gave up 10. One actual shot gave up 6.05 expected goals, 4.24. Uh, again, just numbers aren't pretty there. Sveshnikov, Lorenz LeBanc played 351. Had a shot, gave up six attempts. Um, actual shots was one to three. We had Zetterlin, Sturm, Gregor played 322, zero shots, four, gave up seven uh, attempts. That is, sorry. Sveshnikov, Sturm, Raska had played 307, one, uh, gave up four. So um, we'll we'll start with the young guys. So Tristan Robbins, you saw some, some positive things um, out there, but I think definitely, uh, definitely got hemmed in his own zone. And I was interested to see the way Quinn kind of put up the Barracuda kids, let those guys give it a shot. But then after the first period wasn't even over before they broke them up. And um, I think that kind of goes like, it's fun and easy for us to talk about. Like, yeah, just put all the Cuda kids together, go let them go play. And it's like on that line, you had Bordalo, who was the most experienced uh, NHLer with like what, 15 16 17 games somewhere in there um rasco who's played seven games and then tristan robbins who's played one i think and none of those guys are the biggest guys and i know that's a concern with some players but i think it was just a lot to ask for those guys to kind of go out there and try to 
hold their own on the line. Um, I would like, to, I think it's, it's better to, again, I know the sharks are kind of, it's the end of the season. You're just trying to get some of these guys, some ice time right now, but I would be interested to see if, how long we keep hurdle on the wing. I, I don't know what, if this is an experiment, maybe going into next year. Um, but, you know, having, you know, a, a hurdle Peterson Bordalo. Okay. There's, I know Peterson, Peterson's been around for a little bit. He's played, you know, he's played almost a full season of NHL games. Um, and then a Couture LeBanc, you know, Robbins, like kind of give these young guys some experience on the line. That way they don't have to kind of hold their own out there. And so, and again, tonight, I mean, the Jets were, the Jets were just out there on a mission to dominate. I don't know, even if no matter how you configured the line tonight, I had, I don't think the Sharks were going to have much of a chance, especially again, the Jets on a mission. They, they could see the playoffs within. So I'm going to try not to kind of overreact to these guys kind of getting, steamrolled against a, a team that is literally fighting for their playoffs lives right now. So, um, and they know how important these two points were for them. So um, you saw some positive things. I like the shot he did took. He was physical. You could see that um, definitely going to have to continue to become, you know, work like all the young guys, Eklund included um, working on their bodies and getting more kind of NHL ready. So, but I expect this is going to be great for, for Robbins though, kind of get this taste. Nobody has to do it during the summer. And then next year when he's the guy, I think he's going to be the guy on the Barracuda next year. Like it is going to be like, he's going to be the one C type of like, he's going to be the guy for, for Barracuda. Um, just going down and just having him and Gusha just have like a dominant, dominant season for the Barracuda. Um, Yo, my guest tomorrow talks about overdevelopment and how you could just never overdevelop guys. And I, I think for a guy like Robbins and Gushin and Bordeaux, I actually, I think Bordeaux now starts next year on the Barracuda. Um, plenty of time to get into that more, but these guys letting them go marinate another season or half a season with the Barracuda and really kind of find that next level for them. So um, still, it was awesome to see his family there. I love the picture with his family all wearing the different, uh, different Robins jerseys. It was a cool Pac-Man one that with like the blades logo. Um, that one was easily my favorite, um, but great, great for him. Well-deserved to get to make the NHL um, only going to go up from here. And so, the future is bright guys. The future is very bright. So uh, before we finish, we're going to talk about Magnus Krona, uh, what this means for the Sharks, um, kind of look at their goalies heading into next year. Uh, do want to take a quick break. Uh, talk to you guys about, of course, the Locked On Game to Game NHL. Thank you guys for making Locked On Sharks your first listen. Now, your second listen, go check out the Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL. With local analysis, only Locked On can deliver. Now's the best time to get in, especially with the playoffs coming up. Um, missing all the playoff games, you want to know exactly what's going on. You're bandwagoning a team. Great time to kind of Pick your team, um, learn more about them, especially with the Locked On Game to Game. So follow Game to Game, uh, Locked On NHL, available on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. All right, finally, uh, Sharks, of course, signed Magnus Krona. Um, easily the best name of professional hockey now. Like, it's it's not even close. Uh, so 
Quick reminder, Magnus Crota, the Sharks, uh, acquired him way back in the day um, for one Frederick uh, Clayson from the Tampa Bay Lightning back in April uh, 2021 at the trade deadline. So Magnus Cronin spent the last couple of years uh, playing. So he was an NCAA prospect. He's been playing for the University of Denver 2021-2022 season. Of course, he won the national championship with him, being the kind of the, the backbone of that team. Um, so Swedish-born kid, um, worked, kind of played over in Sweden, worked his way up through the J-20s, and then uh, came over to NCAA. Has played, he's basically been the guy for Denver since he came over. His nineteen twenty season, his first year, uh, he played 27 games, had a 215 goals against average, 920 save percentage. 2020-2021 uh, in the bubble, or the COVID year, kind of much shorter uh, season, he played 18 games, 247 goals against average, 907. That was his worst season um, with with University of Denver. Um, this last or then the uh, last year, not this season. I just finished um, the 2021-2022 season. Played 37 uh, games, had a 211 goals against average and a 911 save percentage. And then this year with University of Denver, 32 games played, 219 uh, goals against average and 916 save percentage. So. What does this kind of mean for the Sharks going forward? So um, under contract next year, here are all the goalies the Sharks have under contract next year. It's a tough, it's tough, guys. It's 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 a lot. So hang, hang on one second here as I get ready to <clears throat> go through them all. So Capo Kakinen has one year, $2.75 million left on his contract. And Magnus Carter. Those are the only goalies that the Sharks have under contract. So his contract doesn't start till next year. Um, so that doesn't mean the Sharks have no goalies. Uh, Ito Makinemi and Straussman are both RFAs. I assume they will both be back, especially uh, Makinemi. I know he ended this. This is two years in a row now that he's ended injured. So you worry about the injury bug there a little bit. But um, he did show some promise. He's 23. He was a big part of the Brent Burns trade. Um, and then Straussman, 24, a, interesting to see kind of where these guys slot in. I assume they're going to give McAnemy the chance to kind of win the Barracuda job, kind of be the number one goaltender, and then let the Straussman and Krona, uh, Magnus Krona be kind of fight it out for that second position. And then whoever kind of loses that will go to, I assume if it's Wichita or whoever the Sharks uh, ECHL, I hope it's Wichita again, Wichita seems like a, a fun organization. So um, that's kind of where those guys will stack up. The Sharks still are going to have to find a, either a one B or starter or someone to play with, with Capo uh, Kakinen um, going into next year. Plenty of time to talk about it. I think they go the veteran route. I know people are like, why not just give it to McAnemy or let man, one of these guys find out. We've seen, that's just not how Mike Greer does things, right? Um, he could have done that for William Eklund this year and just let him start in the NHL. Um, could have done that for a lot of these guys, but he wants these young guys to kind of take the job. And um, right now, neither one of these, any of these goalies can't even take the job from Aaron Dell, who has basically started every game for the Barracuda the last you know three weeks at this point. Um, if they're not beating Aaron Dell right now, that doesn't, I don't think they're going to be ready to take an NHL job next year. And it's fine. 
they're young. They're going to continue to develop. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if McEnany's playing some more NHL games next year if he comes back healthy. Everything goes according to plan. But um, McEnany, I, I think, is, is kind of your next guy. And then actually, I think Magnus Cronin might jump Strauss Mann just because if college numbers are pretty comparable, but I think, I mean, Magnus Cronin just kind of brings a different element. Um, six foot six, he's a big boy. Um, six foot six. Big boy, very technical sound. Um, he's going to have, you know, going to need some more just reps. And that's the big thing with goalies is just getting those reps right now. But he just brings a size that the Sharks just do not have in their goalie pipeline right now. So um, I think we'll see middle April right now. I think Krona wins the backup job with the Barracuda next year. Um, and then Strauss man, but again, I want to, you could, those guys could flip flop and that it could be one of those things where maybe they're taking turns. One guy spends a month in ECHL, then one guy, well, one guy's at the Barracuda and maybe they flip flop type of situation. So who knows? There's plenty of ways to figure it out and get these. The best thing is though, is getting these guys, um, starts and getting them actual, that's the best way to develop. It's just playing for, for these, these young goalies. So I'm excited with Corona. Um, I think his upside is probably probably a backup goalie type of situation, maybe a 30, 30 to 40, 35 game starter a um, couple years from now. But um, again, there's a little worry that he wouldn't sign with the Sharks. But I think I think the Sharks have they've got they've got an NHL caliber goalie. I think out of out of Magnus Corona. So um, it'll be fun to kind of, to continue to track, kind of see where he fits in with the Sharks uh, goalie pipeline. As for their goal, other other goalies, um, I would expect Bo, Bo Pitt's going to be back um, in Winnipeg uh, with the Winnipeg Ice. Um, ben Gaudreau, I think how, I think he can go back one more year. Uh, I think he can go back one more year. So he's twenty. I'm pulling up his thing right now. Uh, yeah, he just turned 20. So he can go back and play one more season with Sarnia next year, um, depending on how many veterans and because you can only have X amount. Like, I think you can have three 20 year olds on your team. Um, so I would expect him to be back in Sarnia next year. Um, no, again, no need to rush. He's had a really, really good uh, second half of his season um, for Sarnia, and they're moving on to the second round of the, the playoffs in the OHL. So, um, again, can't overdevelop some of these guys. So, or if he wants, maybe they send him to Europe or something like that. If they, he doesn't want to play, um, play with Sarnia or they can't, or he gets traded in the OHL. There's plenty of, plenty of paths for Ben Gaudreau to get some play time um, next year. So yeah. Um, be back tomorrow. I have Ben Jordan on from smart scouting. We discuss uh, Riley height. So really fun conversation with him. And then we talk about the uh, OHL versus the WHL and why the WHL kind of seems to be taking the lead when it comes to developing um, kind of top end prospects. So really fun conversation with him uh, making his first uh, appearance on lockdown sharks and definitely will not be his last appearance. So um, then that will be it for the week. We'll be back um, on Monday taking the rest of the week off uh, to enjoy some much needed vacation. Going to try to unplug for a little bit. So um, thank you, Eric Carlson, for scoring your 100 point tonight. Before I go on vacation, uh, you're you're the best. So um, make sure you guys follow along. 
Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Locked On Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter at my Fryhole. Um, follow or subscribe wherever you get podcasts, and of course on YouTube as well. Um, that way, you guys know exactly when the latest episode is going to happen. And until next time, bye, friends. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the. 